It is a central bankathon. The FOMC has just announced their rate rise. We've got the Norge Bank coming up, the Swiss National Bank, the Bank of England and the ECB, all in the next 24 hours. On top of that, we've seen inflation fall in the UK. We've got employment numbers for Australia today. Talk about a mad dash before Christmas. It's Thursday, the 15th of December, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities were in the green until the Fed. Now they've dipped into the red. The Nasdaq is down 0.8%. The S&P closed down 1%. The Dow down 0.4%. European shares at close a 0.3% fall for the Eurostox 50 and just 0.1% for the FTSE 100. The FOMC announcement saw moves up in Treasury yields at the front end, up five basis points for two years, but they started drifting down during the press conference that followed. Then they moved back to where they were before the announcement. So a bit of a storm in a teacup, basically. The US dollar now down 0.4% on the DXY with a half percent rise in the pound and the euro and 0.1% rise in the Aussie dollar, which is at 68.60 US cents. Oil is on the rise, around 2.6% up for Brent and WTI. Brent is now around 82.80 a barrel. So let's get a reaction to the Fed this morning with NAB's Gavin Friend in London. So it was a, it was a hawkish Fed, wasn't it? The, the 50 basis point hike wasn't a surprise. In fact, it was a unanimous decision by the board. But what was a surprise was the higher for longer rates at 5.1% still by the end of next year is what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't suppose we should be particularly surprised, Phil, given that, um, you know, we had that CPI report yesterday, the financial conditions easing that we've seen over the last few weeks and things. I think the Fed was always going to try and push back on, you know, what markets are doing at the moment. But as you say, 50 basis points takes a target, the Fed funds target rate to four and a quarter, four and a half. <clears throat> they repeated in the statement they expect ongoing rate increases are likely to be appropriate. Um, in his press conference, Powell was Chair Powell was basically saying the Fed still has some ways to go. That's a familiar line. Um, though the the, the five point one um, twenty twenty three million dot point you 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 highlight there uh, suggests to them that's that's going to be the peak rate. Um, you know, Chair Powell was you know, pains to say that the Fed wants to get policy further into restrictive area it's not restrictive enough you know and so and so and so there we are so it could be higher so it, and, and it's it's the timing isn't it on all of this so i mean we had you know previously this talk about cumulative tightening lags so uh, which is just a fancy way of saying you know, you know it's, it, it could take longer because we don't know the impact of what we're doing right now so a slower rate of hikes for a longer period seems to be the message doesn't it and that that means that by the end of next year hence this 5.1%. Yeah, but you see the Fed, I mean, clearly, and we listened to Chairman Powell, <clears throat> the Fed doesn't have the confidence yet. They don't want to make any policy mistakes. They don't want to be the, you know, the committee that basically doesn't get on top of inflation. They understand the, the pain that it's causing American people. They made that point again. And for them, things like the labour market, when you've got 5% hourly average earnings, it's just too hot. They've got to get that down to somewhere below 4%. That's going to take time. Um, I mean, actually, Chair Powell did say, you know, it's it's possible that, um, that that we could see some. Um, it's possible that we could, they, they could see job vacancies coming down uh, without that actually uh, leading to layoffs. I mean, if you think about the UK's seeing a, a similar kind of dynamic, we're seeing um, the uh, job vacancies rolling over, and yet we're seeing the unemployment rate not really go up yet. So, if you think about that. That, that, that needs time. So it is all tightness of the labour market then, isn't it? Because, I mean, because, you know, there was this hope with those CPI numbers being uh, softer than expected earlier in the week 
then that 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 would you know maybe signal us a, a slowdown from the Fed. But here we are, we're we're really seeing the opposite, and that is because they are they're they're just worried sick about you know the, the job yeah, market basically. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I would you know I would say I mean you look at the dot points again. Let's look at that five point one percent for. 2023 you know that's up from 4.6 that we had in September and then it mm. comes down to 4.1 in 2024 so 100 basis points off <clears throat> from a highest of the terminal rate um, seven of 19 FOMC members see rates in 2023 above five and a quarter percent it's worth saying when you look at the dots in 2024 and 2025 there's a really wide dispersion so there's absolutely no confidence on the committee on where rates are going to be that far out um, so you have to take that with caution. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and the other thing I guess is also you know attendant to that is they have moved down economic growth. So for 2023, it's cut from 1.2 percent to 0.5 percent. Same time unemployment rate actually only only goes up two tenths to 4.6. But that pull down in growth, I mean that's what people are going to be thinking that the, 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 the Fed is going to be looking at the unemployment no rate. Well, they would say actually, and Chair Fowley is saying they don't really. They call this almost. A, it's 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 just a. It's it's hardly a recession at all. It's just flatlining along, and I think again, as we get into sort of next year, mid next year, we start to see things on the labour market. We start to see the economy slowing down. Then we'll start to you know the cumulative effect that you talk about. Then we'll start to see whether there's more of an impact than the committee you know currently sees. Right. So they don't know, is it? <laughs> is it in effect what they're saying? We, and of course they don't, because it's the future. Uh, so uh, we'll watch the space. Now, of course, they are not the only one uh, meeting. We've got the ECB and the Bank of England. But let's uh, let's not forget about the Norge Bank and the Swiss National Bank as well. Who's going first out of that lot? Yeah, so the uh, the end of the year central bank bonanza really gets going after the Fed. So the first cab off the rank after that will be the Swiss National Bank. Um what is expected there is a 50 basis point uh, rate rise to 1%. However, there are splits amongst the economic community. Uh, some looking for just 25 uh, basis points, others looking for 75 to 125. This would be only the third rate rise for Switzerland in this cycle. Uh, I mean, right. it, 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 only, it only meets quarterly. Um, it hasn't given a lot of guidance, but with inflation... And they just, don't have massive inflation. Yeah, I mean, it's very low. Exactly. It's just 3%. Um, so mm. they don't have the same dynamic as elsewhere and actually um, the latest inflation numbers have, 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 have dropped below the SMB's forecast so you know in our view you know that fact plus the idea they will not want to go overboard and risk you know market buying of investor buying of the franc um, so that suggests that they'll be going for you know the the, the mid or the lower end of the range rather than uh, 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 you know a seventy five basis right. point. Well, they do do have more of it. Oh, you wonder what it is that they're doing right, don't you? But they do have more of an issue with inflation, obviously in Scandinavia. So the Norge Bank today, what are they? They're ahead of the, the Bank of England. Yes. Yeah, so thirty minutes thirty minutes later, the Norge's bank meets. The deposit rate there is expected to rise by twenty five basis points to two point seven five. There really shouldn't be any controversy here. It's it'll be the eighth hike from Norway, uh, 25 basis points universally expected. In September, the Norges Bank said that they plan to see rate rises to around 3%, um, you know, um, uh, uh, around winter. Since then, inflation and some other indicators have actually eased off a bit. So the jury is out on whether this might prove to be the last hike in the series for Norway or whether they'll need to go again by another 25 uh, to 3% uh, in Q1 next year. Right. Obviously, they're wondering whether inflation has peaked, which is a big question being asked everywhere, uh, including in the UK. So ahead of the Bank of England later today, they got their inflation numbers yesterday. 
the top line number is now 10.7% for November from that uh, massive 11.1% that we saw in October. And the core rate month on month is 0.3% down from 0.7%, which is less than expected as well. So just like the US, everyone is asking the question, has inflation peaked and what does that mean for the Bank of England? Yeah, well, we think so. I mean, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Let's not forget Mm. the drivers of inflation in the UK and Europe are energy prices externally led, whereas in the US, it's a demand-driven issue. So the central banks are facing different different difficulties. Um, You know, inflation, as you say, it looks like it's now peaked. Um, When we think about what happens early next year, in the spring of next year, we'll get dropouts from the, you know, the annual base effect of things like the big energy price rises, they won't be replaced by you know, rises of the similar magnitude, even if they are replaced. Um, it feeds into what we've got, this kind of global commodity rollover at the moment. Shipping costs globally are coming lower as well. So all of these things combined should mean that from spring next year, UK inflation, you know, after sort of going sideways for the next two or three months, it should start coming down. That's why... The Bank of England, the OBR have got sort of, you know, five, six percent uh, as we go through sort of, you know, the, the, the second half of next year. And then as we start 2024, inflation actually drops below the two percent forecast based on, you know, the Bank of England and the, the OBR's readings. Um, so so is, is, as markets, so the terminal rate, as market expectations for the terminal rate come down? Well, no, they're, sti- they're still, they've come down a bit. And the part of that is uh, today on that inflation move in the UK. Part of it is on the CPI from 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 the US yesterday, but it's still 4.5%. It's still too high. We're still likely yeah. to see the Bank of England in its minutes tomorrow. There's no state. There's no there's no press conference uh, and, and no new forecast. But we're expected to see the Bank of England comment again that market pricing is too high. The way we see this panning out is rates in the UK going up to three and a half percent today. Another 25 basis points when they next meet in February to 375. Economists are coalescing around 375 to four and a quarter you know and so when you think about you know an economy that's going not into the deep freeze but it's it's going to be you know flatlining around zero slightly negative probably for the next two years based on what we can see and sort of the lack of growth drivers Um, you've got a labor market that's slowing down job vacancies are rolling over you've got hiring freezes coming up uh, and unemployment is expected to rise from this point. So these are the kind of things early next year that's going to focus the NPC's mind. And we think, you know, get it to somewhere between the terminal rate will be somewhere between three and three quarters and four and a quarter. Right. Uh, with rate cuts probably coming in probably early early 24. Right. Now let's look at Europe then. So the uh, ECB, are they basing their path of hikes now on the the assumption that inflation has peaked? They are going to present revised inflation forecasts today, aren't they? And GDP estimates as well. So uh, Yeah, so, that, uh, so those inflation forecasts uh, are likely to be a little bit higher just because, you know, um, on the last estimates, inflation has gone higher than they thought. We'll get also the first estimate for 20 2025. Um, so that'll be interesting. But I think the thing that people are going to be watching there is the core rate. You know, um, that, 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 that may have peaked as well. But the, the feeling is because second round, if, second round effects in terms of wage rises, they're going to be feeding through probably for the next year or so, maybe even more um, service sector stuff coming through, that that means the ECB is going to have to keep 
pushing on with monetary tightening. When we get the rise today of 50 basis points, um, that'll take it to 2%, the deposit rate, where policy is normalised, it becomes neutral, it's neither stimulatory nor restrictive. But it's pretty clear that the ECB needs to get policy into a restrictive zone. The question is, how much? We think 3%. We've got four times 25 basis points in next year. Markets are slightly below that, but only a smidge, 2.8-2.9%. The other big announcement we're going to get uh, today is on yes. QT. And how sensible is that, given, you know, there's, what, $5 trillion in, uh, this is in euros, in, in bonds, and they're going to get rid of a lot of government debt if they're going to do that at the time when governments are still issuing debt to try and cope with the, the energy and cost of living crisis, particularly in, in southern Europe. Does that make a great deal of sense? So so what we're going to get today, uh, Phil, is the key principles of a reduction in their asset purchase plan, which is about $3.4 trillion. Um, it's, it's not going to start immediately. We think it won't probably won't start until uh, perhaps as late as March next year. It's got to to be, for the reasons you described, predictable, disruptive. Remember for the ECB, the key policy uh, tool is the interest rate. It's not QT. QT, when it starts, should be humming away in the background and not be disruptive. It's going to be passive. They're not going to be mm. selling down their assets. They're just not, re- they're just not reinvesting uh, the proceeds of maturities in their APP function. If you look through next year, they've got maturities of averaging 29, 30 billion a month. There is even a question on on, you know, if they start sort of February, March next year, how much of that will they do? Will they basically not reinvest all of it? Will they choose maybe three quarters of that? And I think, you know, market reaction is going to somewhat depend on when that starts and the size of it, you know, because it may not be the whole 30 billion per month. Right, and Christine Lagarde is uh, giving a press conference, so she is uh, fronting up today. So much going on today. So, for example, New Zealand Q3 GDP today, but, you know, we've already got the Treasury Department forecast in New Zealand yesterday. They said their economy is going to shrink 0.8% next year. A rough ride, their finance minister said. But, you know, Australia is expecting to get by with that one somehow. Whereas uh, Australian employment numbers today, last month we saw unemployment fall down to just 3.4%. We had an increase in hours work. So we have a tightening labour market. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. Good for those working, but perhaps a bit of a worry for the RBA. Uh, What are those numbers going to show today? Yeah, so uh, we're looking for the the, the consensus forecast is for a 19,000 rise in, in in jobs created and that number is always very volatile um that was from 32,000 last month nab's looking for a 30,000 uh, rise on that and the unemployment rate meanwhile is expected to stay unchanged at 3.4% and uh, you know that's that's our forecast as well right. and look we had the annual characteristics of employment data from the abs yesterday that showed that median earnings were 1250 per week in august and uh, that's 4.2% higher than last year and 13.6% from pre-pandemic 2019 levels by comparison over that period consumer prices are 11.3% higher so actually wages are pushing higher than uh, cpi if we look at it over that sort of period uh, and china's retail sales, fixed asset investment, industrial production, all of that today. By the way, they've given up uh, counting all COVID cases they've announced today. They're just going to record symptomatic cases. They really are following the same path as everybody else, just uh, sort of like a year later, aren't they? And US retail sales, the Philly Fed business outlook, the initial jobless claims for last week as well. Tell you what, Gavin, there's a lot going on just a week out from Christmas, isn't there? There there certainly is, Phil. (laughs) We'll make our way through it somehow. Good to talk. I I won't talk to you again until next year. Uh, Have a great Christmas. Good to talk to you this year, Gavin. And 
recommend you, Phil. Thank you very much indeed. All the best. Well, yes. I will be back tomorrow. Of course, we've got to find out how all this pans out uh, within the next 24 hours. So I'll see you again tomorrow morning for the next edition of The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.